0: So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 282 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Anne Lombardo. Anne lives in Long Island, New York, and she is an artist. Welcome, Anne.
1: It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me, Jen. Well, it is so great to talk to you. Yeah. And um, I've listened to lots of podcasts, but I've never been on one myself. So this is a first for me and I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, good. Well, the fact that we were able to talk for like 15 minutes before we even started recording means this is going to be a good episode.
1: (laughs) Oh, yay. I can already tell. Well, no, no pressure.
0: The pressure should be off because I can already tell it's going to be amazing. Just because you're a talker like me. Yeah. Uh oh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll try to get to the story. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was
1: that? So, May 26th, 2022, I stumbled across one of your podcasts and I started listening from the beginning. So listening from the beginning, I learned so much about IF, but of course I had a dot, buy, delay, don't deny right away, and then fast, feast, repeat. So I just learned a lot right away. But I And was,
0: when you say it was one of my podcasts, was it this one or was it the Intermittent Fasting Podcast?
1: It was this one. It okay. was stories, Intermittent yeah. Fasting Stories. So yeah, I mean, I think what happened was I was already primed to do this. So... With my background, I worked for Weight Watchers for years. I can tell you a little bit about it. I was the first community director when community wasn't even a thing in 1999, 2000. There wasn't even Facebook yet. And I was also a leader. And then I, believe it or not, went to work for Weight Watchers in China because I speak Mandarin. So that's another whole story. Were you in China? no, I was here in New York, but they shipped me over there because I could speak Mandarin and I was a leader. And I was like the only person in the world who had those two skills. That's so amazing. They me over so there. you went over there to help them set it all up?
0: Yes, yes. I never even think about Weight Watchers being in China.
1: Yeah, well, it was there for a while. And there actually are a lot of people that I guess in America you would call skinny fat. So they look thin, but they're not. And of course, there's all the fast food restaurants. there like crazy and they deliver. And the Chinese are just mad for like all that food and all the hot milkshakes and all of that stuff. So it's it's definitely a problem there. I wondered
0: about that because Fast Feast Repeat is now in Chinese. And I was like, well, is it going to be like something that they need in China or not? I don't even know. So I hope that it really takes off in China. That would be exciting. To help people there,
1: more than a billion copies. Well,
0: <laughs> just a, nice. little, a little fraction <laughs> a few. of the population would be okay. But I just
1: I didn't really know that if they were struggling in China, yes, like we yes, are here struggling. in America. Yeah, I don't know if they've come around to having the um, body issues that we have yet uh, in society, but uh, they'll get there, I'm sure. So I'll start. I was really a normal, thin, active kid. And then when I was in high school, it became trendy to because we could go off campus in high school to drive out. And we would drive and we would go to the diner. So I never even knew that you could like eat for entertainment. I had no idea about that. But I started going to the diner with my girlfriend and eating these stacks of pancakes just because it was fun. And there was a, a jukebox there. Yeah, I have to tell you. <laughs>
0: Are you dating yourself a little bit dating there? Myself. That's Although I remember Chick Boxes in high
1: school. Of course, they were like at Pizza Hut, but still, yeah, we yeah, had that's them all right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I did put on weight. So I ended up putting on weight in high school, and I was 20 to 30 pounds overweight for then the rest of my life. So I went to a Fashion Institute of Technology. I became a fashion person. I was in the fashion world in the 70s in New York City. And I bet there was a lot of pressure to be really,
0: really skinny in the fashion industry in the 70s. Like, when I think about that, I think of like, I don't know, Studio 54 and
1: yes. heroin. I was going to and- say, yeah having my notes here to mention oh, oh. Twiggy, and then I thought to myself, all the young people are going to have to Google that. Ooh, so. Twiggy, what? Right,
0: she was like, 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 looked like Mash a ten-year-old. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was a tremendous amount of pressure. And I worked for a big retail organization. I wanted to look good. And I, I had pressure on myself anyway. So that was even, even worse. However, I was always active, I have to say, always. I've always, I'm not like a late come to it athlete. I'm a person who's been athletic all my life, all my life. So I'm thankful for that because I think that it's helped me stay healthy and have a, a pretty good uh, sense of self esteem all of my life. So I, you know, really gained about 30 pounds. And then let's see, I tried to take it off several different ways. There was this crazy Dr. Green who sold diet pills on 57th street. There was all kinds of, you know, uh, low carb, cabbage soup diet, all this stuff, all this stuff. And then Atkins. So in 1997, I was working in New York city again, I found a Weight Watchers meeting that I really loved. And the person there is still a dear friend to me today. So I did lose about 25 pounds. And that's when I went to work for them. And that's when I really learned how to eat right. And, you know, their program changes all the time. It changes every two years to keep people interested. And, and, and also there's new science. So Right.
0: So when you said that it, you learned how to eat, though, when you were doing it in 97, that, that
1: program was a good... It was good. It was good because I learned I couldn't sit around at night and drink tab and eat cream cheese on um, bagels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get up in the morning and go, why are my pants tight? <laughs> it wasn't the tab or was it? <laughs> no. Yeah. So then I eventually moved out, moved out of New York City to this more rural place where I live now, gained all the weight back, decided that I was just going to be heavy. Just going to be heavy.
0: I totally remember the day I decided that too. And I was like, I'm so tired of this. You get so tired of fighting it and just like.
1: Yeah. I was trying to convince myself, it's okay. You're just going to be heavy. No big deal. You can still dress nicely. You can still do all these things. And then I'll go to 2016. I had grandchildren at that point, And I was going to bring my granddaughter to see the Nutcracker in New York City. She was little. She's like Four. And she was like, Nana, what are you gonna wear? I said, I'm gonna wear a dress. What are you gonna wear? She says, I'm gonna wear a red dress. She says, Nana, will you wear a green dress? I said, Yes. Meanwhile, I weigh 160 pounds. I'm five foot three. I look for a green dress. It's scary. I did find one. I found three actually. None of them were any decent, but I took them home. They were, you know, TJ Maxx or something. Wore the dress was very uncomfortable, but that planted a seed. And then in 2016, November 26th, I took myself to a Weight Watchers meeting incognito. Because so you didn't tell people them who know you me were. No, you were. No, because you tell oh. me you are, then they think you're a
0: spy or nothing. <laughs> that has got to be a little bit hard. It would be like, you know, let's imagine Jen Stevens stopped doing intermittent fasting and lo- and regained all the weight. I certainly would not be going around saying, Hi, I'm Jen Stevens. i am regained all the weight, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it was more like, it definitely would have been embarrassed just the part about regaining all the weight, but. What was worse was that I didn't want the staff there to be suspicious of me. Like, who is this woman? Like, I've seen her in ads. I've seen her on the website. I've seen her name. I just didn't want that. So I went incognito. Didn't matter. I just needed to have my seat in the chair. That's what I needed.
0: You needed that community around you of people that understood what you were going through and that support. Because a support... Community. Whatever we say about Weight Watchers programs over the year and how they've changed, they
1: have brought community to people who feel like they're in it together. That was Jean Neidich's original plan. She knew it intuitively. So anyway, then I lost the weight. So 2017, I was down 25 pounds. I was happy. So then the following year, in the fall, I put on one of those green dresses and I took. The grandchildren to the Nutcracker, and I had a belt on. <laughs> oh, because the dress is too big. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. And it looked great. And I just, it was just all connected very subconsciously, uh, very connected. So, um, not only that, my health was better. My cholesterol numbers were better. My energy was better. I felt better. I was happier. It was just so many benefits. So, um, here's the deal though 2017, I get to this. Number, I'm about uh, 128 to 133. And I say, hmm, I am battling white knuckling to keep this weight off. And it keeps like crowding back. Then I'm like, what is going on? I'm doing the plan, I'm tracking, I'm shopping, I'm counting, I'm measuring. Then um, I start calorie counting because I really have to keep this. And I I did a little soul searching and I found deep down inside that I actually on some level believed that this weight was going to come back. You know, I believed that because it always had. Yes. And there was something inside of me that I didn't have the belief that I could really keep this weight off. So once I said hello to that, deep down inside kind of um, mindset that I unearthed, I said, okay, okay, okay. No, we cannot let this happen. Okay. So then I started calorie counting, did not work. So here's what didn't work. Cravings. There were always cravings, always wanting to eat. What's the deal? Like, I just couldn't understand why You know, I couldn't just be happy with my three nice meals a day. There were always cravings. Then I found your podcast and read Fast Feast Repeat, read the science, explored more like Jason Fong, and I just now know what was going on. So May 26, 2022, I start. I immediately lose a few pounds. I lose Inches around my waist. I was sixty nine at that time. I'm seventy now. Losing weight around your age waist at seventy—like who does that? I mean,
0: you're right. It's it's pretty much understood that that is impossible. I and mean, I don't think it's impossible, but <laughs> but people would tell you it is.
1: They will. And actually, I've listened to a lot of our podcasts, and I hear young women who are like forty saying, "Oh, I've had a baby, so I'm just going to be heavy." And I'm like, "No, don't say that. There's no it's way true. forty means." nothing. 40 40 is nothing. nothing. I know. Now that I'm 53, I'm like
0: 40. You're a baby. You're barely able to.
1: (laughs) I walked in at 64 and said, this weight is going bye-bye. And it did. So just, I want to say to everyone, do not be discouraged. Do not let anything hold you back. Your body will do its job. And
0: your waist will go down as you get healthier. And that is what you will find in my waist around 2018 when I was, you know, really probably at my leanest at at the time. I just retired from teaching. I had been working on my feet all day. My waist was about 27 inches. When I measured it at the the beginning of the summer (laughs) after going through menopause and before I did hormone replacement therapy, it was just above 29 which is still very healthy. So you might think that's nothing. That's still a very healthy waist to height ratio for me. It was a, still a very healthy waist measurement. But I was like, okay, that's not okay. Well, this morning I measured it. It is 27.5 maybe. So.
2: Yay,
0: rock and roll. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. So even after going through menopause, you can't – I was like, well, I guess my waist is just going to be bigger now. But no, no. So anyway, I just had to share that. I'm very excited about it.
1: I am so excited. And I love hearing stories like that because I mean, there are, there, listen, I have plenty of friends who have had four kids who are 68 and look fabulous. So there's just no excuse. It just there just isn't. Yes, it might be a little pooch here and there, a little this, a little softness. It's all fine. We're all going to have that.
0: That's Yeah, body. it's okay. It's okay. But, you know, someone might ask, well, did intermittent fasting stop working when your waist got two inches bigger? No. My body changed. I went through menopause. My hormones changed. I had to respond to my new body in hormone replacement therapy. I've also been tweaking what I'm eating to some degree, which is making a huge difference difference. My blood sugar response is great and I'm feeling so much better.
1: So one of the things I noticed when I started doing intermittent fasting last summer, so May, June, 2022, at first I did have to get fat adapted. I'd be out and about doing different things and the weather was a little warm. I always had water with me, but there were times, sometimes where I would just need to sit down Yeah, I just felt a little wave of real tiredness. And then I would have some water, let it pass. Maybe that happened three times. It was usually at about the 16-hour mark.
0: That makes a lot of sense because that's, I, I think, based on my own results, I'm using a CGM right now because I'm going through Zoe again. And I'll notice I'll have a little wave of hunger. I'll check my blood glucose. It just popped down a little bit. And then my body's like, fine, it's not an emergency. I don't. It doesn't just keep going down and down and down and down. And now
1: it's in the red, it stabilizes. Yeah, same like hunger. And it's funny because I recently posted in the, I think I posted this in the community. You know how they say that the Eskimos have 100 words for snow or something like that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they say they have so many different kinds of snow, they have 100 words for it. And um, we just have like, you know, snow, you know, big, big flakes, small flakes, right? But- I've discovered about 10 different words for hunger. You know, I know that. That makes sense um, though. Yeah. The intuitive eaters have like five words for hunger, but I went and looked that up after I sort of felt this way. But I really think there are so many different kinds of hunger and you just don't have to respond to them. I've made friends with that hunger voice. I go, hey, buddy. Hi, I hear you. You're there. Yep. You're there. Grumble on, grumble on. And when I know, and then five minutes later, I'm like into the stratosphere of feeling awesome. So it's kind of like my my Prius Prime. It's first using electric, then it switches to hybrid, then it switches to gas seamlessly. <laughs> and you don't even feel
0: it. You don't even feel <laughs> it. That's what our bodies are designed to do. We are hybrid. <laughs> we do not have to keep putting in the fuel all the time. We have fuel in our tanks. Exactly. Yeah. It's been fascinating to watch. You know, while I'm watching my blood sugar go up and down, all you know, during the fast and then while I'm eating. And, you know, obviously when it gets low, then it comes back up because my body pumps out some glucose, you know, from wherever it's stashed away. And and we're okay. We're not in any danger of crashing. I'm, I'm not needing naps. It's, I mean, it's just perfect. Yeah. Our bodies know what to do. I think so. It's how we're meant to be, truly. Yeah. So you started of May of 2022 and you you lost a few pounds right away. You lost inches around your waist. How long would you say that it took you to really feel like you were fat adapted?
1: I would say it took me about four weeks. Okay, that's
0: 28 day fast start right there. There you go. Yeah. And, it can take longer. So I'm just saying that because like if someone is listening, this episode's coming out February 14th and if they started at the new year, they're about six weeks in. It is possible that at six weeks in you're still not fully fat adapted yet, but you should be getting close.
1: And also, you know, I was following a low calorie plan and sometimes I wouldn't eat dinner. If my husband was going out or something, I'd just kind of go to bed. I always woke up feeling better the next morning. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. But uh, so I think I was a little bit used to it. Plus I was sort of already in maintenance. I wasn't asking my body to really lose any more weight. But what's really interesting is that now, like uh, 200 days into my fast, uh, clean fasting, now I can maintain my weight around 126. And i ha- if I could make a hashtag and put it across my forehead, it would say effortless maintenance. So here I was, oh, oh, I was white knuckling it to keep this weight off. And all of a sudden I found this, I feel like, oh my God, I can't believe people don't know about this.
0: It's true because it's just... Hard to explain to people who haven't experienced it how much different it is than, you know, you know we'll see the headlines. They're like, intermittent fasting doesn't work. Study proves it. We're like, well, look, no.
2: I mean, <laughs> my study proves that,
0: <laughs> that it's the only thing that's helped me maintain. You know, even as my waist size went up over the menopausal transition, it still was working, right? I mean, Lord knows if I hadn't been doing intermittent fasting, I'd be, what, 250 by now? I don't know. But instead, you know, yeah, my size zero jeans from the loft got a little tight around the
1: waist. Now they're feeling so much better, right? There is no wagon. There is no off the wagon. I love that. So I can't even tell you, like, I've been, I can't even express how liberated I feel. I feel like I have found the magic secret key and most of my friends, a lot of them are kind of like me, they they want to lose weight or they're keeping weight off, they're working at it. And I just see what they're going through. But it's interesting. I don't know whether it's the older people get or what, but don't let what you already know get in the way of what you can learn. Oh, I love that advice. <laughs> Say people it again. Are like, don't let what you already know get in the way of what you can learn. Oh, people are like, oh well, no, blah blah blah. You know all the stuff, all the stuff about we have to eat this, we have to eat that. You have to have that. You have to have protein. You have to have all these things. You have to eat breakfast every morning. I mean, it's like guys, 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 just try it. Exactly,
0: try it. Give your body a little bit of time to adjust. Read, you know, read Fast Feast Repeat and understand the science behind it. But you know, even if you're skeptical try it, let your body adapt, and then see how you feel. That's the thing. You probably will be amazed.
1: As long as you're on a program of diet, of a diet program, as long as you're on one, you are never going to be checking in to see how you feel because you're so busy figuring everything out and focusing and concentrating and gripping and planning and prepping and buying and counting and saying no and stopping. Yes. And then falling off the wagon and feeling guilty this cycle, this cycle. I mean, I was a WW coach for 10 years. Believe me, I know, you know, so it's just unbelievable. And I, um, and I don't fault WW. I actually still go to the workshops because I love my crew there.
0: Well, you know what? Community is important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I go as a member. I quit during the whole zoom thing because it just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah.
0: Now, do you talk about intermittent fasting at Weight Watchers? Now they call it WW, but it's hard for me to say that. I'm I'm glad glad you asked
1: that question. Yeah. I have a, you know how it is. You sort of have your little clicks, right? I do. Everybody kind of knows me, you know, because I've been going there a long time. So I do mention it when people say, oh, how are you keeping that weight off? Blah, blah, blah. I say, well, I'm actually delaying what I'm eating. I said, "I I don't eat breakfast till later in the day. I try to avoid jargon and lingo because people react to that and I I say you know what? I wake up and if I'm not hungry I don't eat right away so I give more space for my body to digest and then if they're interested I will certainly go on but usually they're not usually they're, they're like oh not. no I need to eat right away that's what they say oh I need food I need food I'm like okay and you're All here right. for how many you years don't. you okay. don't you don't <laughs>
0: You know, I just, there's this part of me, since Weight Watchers is such a global entity and so like dominant, right, in the world, there's a part of me that would love to work with Weight Watchers and say, let's bring intermittent fasting officially to Weight Watchers. But then there's the other part of me that's like against that completely because I don't want people to have to do all that tracking and counting and all of that. So if there were
1: I don't know how they could work together, but like sneaky bring people in. I don't know. I just think it's awesome. The only thing we should be counting is the clock. And, and even that I wanted to mention to you is that I don't even look at the clock anymore. It gets to the point you don't need to. No, I'm, you know, Jen, you said about the app, you know, we've, we've t- you've done the science, you showed the science about the apostat and how we have our own appetite and we were in touch with our own body. I just, I'm saying hello to my own body since I was about, you know, 16 years old. I'm, I'm letting, and I am so in love and grateful to my body for showing up All these years, and look, it's still showing up. How nice is that? It really is amazing.
0: And you know, our bodies were always trying. We were taking those crazy diet pills from Fifty Second Street. I don't remember what street they were on, but don't go there, people. Don't Don't look for those. Do not. They're not there anymore. There's probably something there. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) But don't buy it. But you know, from all the things we tried and restricted and put in and push down our body's signals. You know, we'll hear from new fasters often and they'll be like, you know, yesterday in my window and I closed it and then I was really, really hungry and I was so hungry and then I made myself go to bed. And I'm like, no, no, if you're that hungry, eat some more food. We are done with ignoring powerful hunger. And you know, with, with fasting, if you wake up in the morning and you have a different kind of hunger and you let let some time go by and you use your strategies and you stay busy and you're you can open your window early if you
1: have to. It's okay. There's no police. There's no window police. Just be you, do you. Flexible so. consistency. That's
0: what we're looking for. You know, you want to be consistent. You don't want to be so flexible that you're no longer fasting. But you know, you, you tweak it till it's easy, you find what feels right, and the rhythm doesn't have to be the same day to day. Yeah, it's really true about that tweak it till it's easy. So true. I think so. So what did that look like for you? How did you find the the pattern that felt good? Has that changed at all since you began?
1: It has changed. I started out probably 16-8, very quickly went to a six hour window, eating window, and then some days I would do a four-hour, some days I would do an OMAD, sometimes I would do a six-hour, kind of went like that, Usually, almost always opening the window like at around two or three, sometimes four, and closing it and then going to bed. So definitely um, an afternoon uh, window open. Although if it were just me and I didn't have you know, dinner with my husband and that kind of thing, I might even enjoy trying a, a daytime window. That's a very important point because
0: sometimes, you know, the window we might prefer if we were alone might not be the same window that we we end up with because we're planning around our family, you know, because dinner time is very important to me and my family. So I like to center my window around that, that dinner meal. So I get it. And I've
1: tried ADF a few times. I've tried doing like a 36-hour, 38-hour, and um, I tried it once. I wasn't thrilled. I waited a week or two, tried it again, wasn't thrilled. My reason for trying it was mainly for autophagy to see if I could uh, get the health benefits. And I tried it three times and I think I've come to the conclusion that eating every day is fine for me. I'm in maintenance. I don't need to kick forward to get that uh, metabolic push of of weight loss going. And I um, I think I'm pretty happy where I'm at and we do we do
0: have increased autophagy b be- even with our daily eating window. So I know that, you know, people ask about this all the time. In fact, someone yesterday asked in the community, she's like, I heard it didn't, autophagy doesn't start till I was 36. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it. we actually, it's more like instead of a on-off switch, like a light switch, it's more of like a dimmer switch that where it's like brighter, you can turn the lights up, you can turn the lights down. But autophagy always is going on. We can just get in the way and, you know, keep it from doing what it needs to do by being constantly in the fed state. So when we just take some time to pause from eating, our bodies can ramp up that house cleaning. But they don't need you to like go on vacation completely to do the house cleaning, right? Yeah, you exactly. Still clean the house. That's a great analogy. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you don't need to do those longer fasts for autophagy. You do not have to. A daily eating window is sufficient. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish someone would clean my house too. I'd clean my
1: own house. And <laughs> <laughs> I do too. So there are so many health benefits. That's like, when I try to tell people about that, if they ask me, they're just so, so full of doubts because they've heard other things or they've read pop culture stuff. Did you see the most recent
0: headlines that were going around And like, this is November? It was the dumbest study I've ever seen. It was like, in for the a few days. Post. Yes, it mm-hmm. was all over the place. And it was somewhere else even before that. This is how stupid this study was. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just like going to say it like it is. Or something? Yeah. No, no. It, what it was is that it was a lot of people and they interviewed people. I think it was a long period of time and how they lived. And some people, it was self reported dietary patterns, first of all. And the people who self reported that they skipped meals had worse health outcomes long term. And I'm like, okay that is not the same as fasting even a little bit because I think back, you know, Chad's aunt, for example, she's no longer with us. She passed away recently, but she had early onset Alzheimer's, which is, you know, known as type three diabetes. But if you had asked her, tell me about your eating patterns. How many meals a day do you eat? She would have said, well, most days I only eat one meal. So you might say, oh, she's intermittent faster. No, she wasn't. She got up in the morning and drank a Coke and had a candy bar. I was going to say she's eating
1: chocolate all day. She's right? eating
0: junk and, you know, I don't say this as like you know I, she was a d- lovely lady. We loved her. Chad loved her very, very much. I'm just using it to illustrate the point that she would have been a self-reported meal skipper, but she was not fasting. So, you know, just because I'll talk to people all the time and they'll be like, "Well, I kind of already do intermittent fasting. I don't eat till dinner." I'm like, well, okay, tell me about your day. And they're like, well, I get up and I have a monster energy drink. And then I get a latte. And then I'm like, you're not fasting. That is not fasting.
1: I thought of you yesterday. I was driving (laughs) through the little village of Southampton, and there were people carrying lattes. They were like walking out of Starbucks with all these lattes. And it just triggered right away. I said, oh, boy. That's the chocolate milkshake parade. But then the
0: thing that's so frustrating is, now the headline is, intermittent fasting makes you die and have bad health outcomes. And that is not, it was not, they were not
1: fasting. (laughs) Well, you, you have definitely done a great job with all of your amazing teacher and even more communication skills to help people to be very clear about what is, what isn't. No, that's not. I love when you use the word, no, that's not. Okay. (laughs) It's awesome because otherwise people are like, well, I kind of could have, maybe, sort of. No, it's just, no, it's not. That's the teacher in
0: me, right? If you want to run a community of anything, you should have been a teacher first and it should have been elementary school and it should have been (laughs) gifted kids because they can sure push back. (laughs)
1: Yes. They're going to ask the most difficult questions. They are.
0: They are. That's why I already know what people are going to say and do. So you've done a great job at trying to steer the
1: ship and keep the cones on the side of the road of what is clean fasting and what isn't. Well, it makes all the difference in the world.
0: And I can't understand how scientists could say with a straight face, well, these people skipped a bunch of meals. They must be fasting. And really, that's not... Not what was happening. And they also went on to say in this article that the people who said they were meal skippers also were more likely to be smokers and live in a food desert and they were poor. And I'm like, I think all of those things could be associated with bad health outcome. You know, maybe they were they were food insecure. And so when they did eat, it wasn't the best food. So
1: that, that's just, you can't say, oh, well, fasting is bad. I mean, Well, there always will be naysayers, but I'm going to give you another one of my favorite sayings. Okay. A kite rises on opposing wind. Oh, yeah. That's true. Let it blow. Yep. Intermittent fasting, you know, as you've said many times and lots of other people you've had on the podcast who have been so, so great to listen to, they've said, you know, there's no money behind intermittent fasting. Nobody's selling, you know, snake oil and pills. Right. Well, and people are supplements trying and, now. Right, they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> and they will try because that's we're human, and that's what humans do. And no, there's no money behind it. So well, it's
0: true. And sometimes people will ask, I remember back in the Facebook days when I had a whole giant team of moderators. We had like a hundred moderators, and we had a little moderator chat where we would talk about things. And sometimes a moderator would come in and say in the chat, "I'm in this other Facebook group. It's not one of ours. And they're arguing with me about the clean fast. and they want me to prove something. I'm like, stop, get out. Walk away. Who cares?" It is not your responsibility to prove intermittent fasting to anyone else ever, and they don't have to listen. They don't have to do it. You don't have to prove it.
1: Stop. It's not your rodeo. It's, not it's absolutely your
0: rodeo. it's not. And that has been my one of my best lessons. If someone doesn't believe that the clean fast makes a lot of difference, they can try it and see if it does, or they can just not do it. That is not my problem. I hope one day they do decide to try it because I think it will change their life. Like, it changed mine. But you can't prove things to anybody who, especially if they don't want to hear it. And anyway, things are very hard to, you know, quote, prove anyway. That's what I like about hard scientists like Tim Spector. The better the scientist is, this is just a little science to scientist fact. The better the scientist, the less definitive they are, I've found. Because they start saying things like, well, we don't know. This is what we think. This is what the evidence shows. They're, They're more of a visionary. Well, because we realize that there's so many variables in everything. So when I talk to Mark Matson and Tim Spector and some of those hard scientists, they are less likely. Like I'll say, "Here's the clean fast, and here's why it matters," <laughs> and you know, based on you know experience and the theories and all of that. But they're like, "Well, we don't really have a study that shows what happens if you put a <laughs> tablespoon of cream in your coffee for a <laughs> time." So they're they're less definitive, I guess. A, a true scientist is
1: less definitive. It's really hard to prove. I think all of us here are happy being an experiment of one. I think so. That's the key, right? That's there, all it? I I keep my as as Graham Curry says, keep your eyes on your own plate. I love that. We used to say that in our Facebook community. He too. got that I from said the that one in my Weight Watchers meal meeting day. a couple weeks ago. Some girl was like, "Oh well, everybody else is losing weight and I'm not." I said, "Keep your eyes on your own plate. <laughs> yeah,
0: we said that all the time. That came out of the one meal a day group because people would come in, and our rule was be nice to what everybody else, to everyone else, and do not judge what they're eating. Like someone would post something they were eating. We had a guy I loved him. He would eat things like chicken feet, like for real he would post his chicken feet. <laughs> People would do vomit emoji. And we're like, no, you cannot do that.
1: <laughs> that's not, not nice. Community.
0: Okay, now maybe I might have been thinking that about chicken. I don't know. I'm not eating chicken feet. But you know, keep your eyes on your own plate. You know, Choose the, the foods that you think look good. He might think look like
1: vomit emoji, right? So isn't it amazing that the lifestyle that's been the most successful for I'll just say me because I can only speak for myself, is the simplest. It is the uh, most stripped down. It takes the least energy. I don't have decision fatigue every time I look at a plate and decide what to put on it. I don't have to shop more. I don't have to prep more. I don't have to do more dishes. I'm even saving money. Isn't it just an incredible, amazing thing that, that, that this is happening, that like free of all that stuff and living the best life ever. And that's why sometimes people
0: can't believe that's all there is to it. They want to have the magical supplement or the thing that they need. They're like, well, don't we all need electrolytes? I better buy something. I'm like, no, you don't even need to do that. I don't buy electrolytes. I don't take electrolytes. And I'm not saying no one needs them, but you don't have to do all that. You know, I'm all the time trying to get supplement companies, or supplement companies are all the time trying to get me to do ads for them. I'm like, no,
1: (laughs) we don't need that. They're like, yeah, but I'm like, you don't need that. Stripped down. Now, I have this house here that we built in um, 99, 2000. I not only have a big refrigerator, I have two refrigerator drawers that are like in the island. I got to find something to put in there. Beverages. (laughs) Beverages.
0: You can put yes, your Topo beverages. Chico, I'm drinking my Topo Chico right now. Here in this house, we have a downstairs refrigerator, and it is
1: just where I keep my Topo Chico. <laughs> it's true. Well, you know what? If nothing else for this podcast today, I got that piece of information. There you I go. Keep that. Your beverages
0: in there. If y'all have a Kroger, that Kroger sparkling water in the can is also very,
1: very sparkly. Yeah, we don't have a Kroger, but we have some, we have some versions. I love Pellegrino, too, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I had to stop buying that because... Chad, like, wanted me to buy the off-brand version. And I'm like, but I really like Pellegrino. So, but he does not fight me on the Topo Cheap. Yeah, it's a little so pricey. Just,
1: it's definitely a little pricey, yeah.
0: The San yeah. Pellegrino. Yeah. yeah. And, and I here. love Chad. And, I, you know, I, you know how that you need I someone to balance Chad. you out? I'm glad. <laughs> you know how you need someone to balance you out? I'm like, I don't care how much San Pellegrino costs. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> never mind.
1: Substitute. <laughs> Substitute. You gotta have someone to
0: balance it out. How about that? I
1: don't care how much that costs.
0: There you. She's showing me a a (laughs) Tiffany bag. Exactly. Exactly. So there's gotta be one partner when you come home from the grocery store, and the other one says, "How much was that?" And you say, "I don't know. I didn't look." (laughs) I'm that partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I wanted it. You
1: avoid grocery stores. You do your. Well, I um, do. I'm
0: about to go today, though. We're going to that. We're recording this. It's December 8th. We're going to my parents this weekend. We're having. We're calling it Christ Giving. Because we moved away, and also at the same time, my brother and his family moved away. And so for the first year ever, we didn't have a big family Thanksgiving and a big family Christmas on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Day. So instead, we're meeting in the middle, December 10th, and it was my idea. I called it Christ-giving. I don't know if anyone else has ever called it that, but it's a mesh of Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're going to eat Thanksgiving foods and give out presents. It's weird. We're doing new traditions this year, but I'm going to the grocery store today to buy the things that I'm going to make for Christgiving, and I'm not going to look at the prices because I've got my list. Sorry, everybody.
1: <laughs> you buy so little food.
0: What do you need to look at the
1: prices for?
0: Well, it's true. It's true. And, you know, thank goodness for Green Chef, but <laughs> Green Chef isn't going to cut it for Christgiving because I need to feed an army of people. <laughs> So, tell me about what, what you like to eat. Has that changed at all now that you are no longer a Weight Watcher? I'm very glad you
1: asked that question. It's changed organically. So, without I, trying, without trying. I say, who is this person that wants to buy this thing? So, you know, I used to leave my WW meeting after I'd weighed in and had a great weigh in, and I would go straight to Dunkin' Donuts. This is true confessions here. No, oh, I get okay? it. I yeah. get it
0: because you'd already weighed in and you
1: yeah, had a and whole I was week like, oh, till I the I next time. Week, and like, right. And I would buy like two donuts and a big latte. Oh God. I get it. It's so amazing. Cause I it's still diet this... mentality right there, been there. Right there, right there. So now I leave there. I have my water with me. I sometimes have a coffee or I've bought one. I'm on my way to do some grocery shopping on the way home. I kind of bundle these two things every Friday. And um, no, I'm not interested. But here's what's interesting. I don't want a donut. Right. If you tried to give me a donut and a latte right now, I'd be like, "No, thank you." gross. I don't want and it. Like the, I don't even want it. What I would love to have would be like um, an avocado and I am crazy about lentils. I must have been Indian in a past life because I could eat lentils every meal. I'm bringing
0: something with lentils in it to <laughs> Christ giving. Everybody's going to be like, what's that? But it's it has like sweet potatoes and lentils and zucchini oh, and
1: squash
0: and onions. and That's what I'm going to make. Wonderful. And like a tahini
1: dressing. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So definitely changed. So I definitely, I don't crave sweets anymore. I used to. I never thought I would say, did I just say that? Is that me saying that? I don't crave the sweets. I want to eat things like avocado. I want to have um, whole breads and not any white stuff. And I'm not interested in processed foods anymore. I don't want like a package thing. I still do enjoy a piece of like dark salted chocolate or something like that. But here's the other thing. Once I start eating, I'm easy to stop.
0: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
0: You're satisfied. You're listening yes, to your body. I, it's yeah. so different. You know, and one thing about about a program where you're counting whatever it is, calories, points, it's so much easier if everything you're eating is packaged, to count it. It's really easy to count that stuff. Whereas if you're eating just in your window, whatever satisfies you, it doesn't matter. You just can eat a handful. You don't have to worry about how many,
1: how many cashews was that. I don't it's care. It's great. And that whole notion of um, leaving a mouthful on your plate, something I never would have done For any number of reasons, mainly one of them would have been too much trouble to clean up. But I just, I get to a point and it's enough. It's so enough. And um, it's plenty, and plenty is enough. It's just beautiful to, I'm so thankful to my little old body for doing its job. It's like, whoa. Now, have you had any health victories since you began intermittent fasting? I have um, hereditary uh, knobby knuckles on my hands at my age. They have gone down, anti-inflammatory effects. And I have oh, just like, there's almost a ton. I'm sleeping so much better. Not that I ever slept really badly, but I'm sleeping really well now. I have energy. I don't need to lie down in the afternoon and take a nap. Yeah, that's huge for me as that's well. That's huge. I do think I have more clear, I'm remembering things like somebody will tell me something and I'll go, oh yeah, no, they said it was on the 15th and the 21st. Those are the two dates. I never would have done that before. (laughs) I would have had to write it down. Wait, where's my pen? Don't say anything yet. I need my pen. Yeah. So definitely changes like that. I'm waiting for some little kind of moly things around the back where the strap goes around that have built up over the years. They're not- um, Are they skin tags? No, they're not tags. They're like little, I call them like little pillows almost. They're very flat- and they're kind of a light brown color and um, they're not precancerous or anything like that. Again, it's hereditary. It's like, oh, hi. Yeah, dad had those, you know. So uh, I'm waiting for those to disappear. It looks like they are fading. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah I'm going to report back on that. They are fading. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I, um, the main thing is that my size is effortless maintenance. So now I just pop on a pair of jeans and they're like baggy every day. I do have my, my um, Honesty Pants which I keep, and I pull those out every once in a while. And I have a, I have a measuring tape right here that every once in a while I'll do a little measure. But you know, I've just gotten away, Jen, from having a timetable for anything.
0: Yeah, that's the best advice I could really give everybody. Because when you start putting pressure on yourself, like somebody the other day was like, I must lose, I'm just gonna make up a number. I must lose 26 pounds. And I'm like, well, let's dig into that. Why must you lose it? And how long have you been trying? She's like, well, I've been trying since my baby was born like eight years ago. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's just take a step back, right? Get rid of that timetable. Forget it. <laughs> you know, We're going to try something else now. We're not going to put this
1: pressure on ourselves. And So I've learned, too, that um, a little wave of a little hungry feeling or rumble is a welcome thing. Hey, you're there. You're doing your job. Keep it up, you know? And uh, it's ok. It's ok
0: well, and that's that's been really the most amazing thing to me, especially wearing a CGM, is realizing what that actually looks like to your blood sugar and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And we it's really not an emergency now. If you start to feel shaky, that's different. That's different. That would be an indication that your blood sugar's gotten too low. We don't push through feeling shaky or nauseous because, you know, you want to eat when that happens. But if you just feel like a stomach growl, that's no big deal. So I
1: haven't done any of the gadgets yet like that. And I also, New York, you cannot get Zoe.
0: Oh, you're right. You can't. See, I'm doing Zoe again. You know that from the community. And they actually don't do retests. So they said, please don't tell everyone you're retesting because that's not what it is, but we will let you try it again. (laughs) But I wanted to do it because they changed it a lot, and they really have changed it a great deal since I did it before in either 2019 or 2020. And I am also using what I learned the first time about my body being poor at clearing fat and thinking back to how I was so successful on the low-fat diets of the 90s. Putting two and two together. Put two and two together. And also, anyway, I've been experimenting with um, a whole food, plant based way of eating. As I was getting ready to do Zoe again, I was like, I really want to maximize my gut health. So I read Fiber Fueled again, and because Doctor Will—I can't say his name; it starts with a B—he works with Zoe, and he's a gastroenterologist in Charleston. So I'm like, you know, he makes a good point about you know all the the fiber foods that we should eat. Let me just try it. So I just wanted to see what would happen. And so I did it for a month or so before Zoe started. And then I've been doing Zoe. My blood sugar control has been amazing because I haven't been having dairy. I haven't been having meat. I'm just having whole food plant-based. So great. It's amazing. And my blood sugar is staying – I mean, I'm eating like rice and potatoes and vegetables. And I'm not adding butter. And I'm not not even adding a lot of olive oil, maybe. Just enough if I had – like I roasted sweet potatoes last night. And I just – I like took a olive oil on the pan and then I oiled it with the paper towel. and But it wasn't like – I didn't toss it a lot in the olive oil. Not even
1: a half a teaspoon. It yeah. wasn't
0: very much at all. And it's astonishing how much better my blood sugar control is this go around versus before. Like when I would eat a mixed meal before, when I would eat like – let's just say I had a starch with a lot of butter and I also had some meat and some vegetables – a very traditional, well-balanced meal, my blood sugar might go up to 140 after that and stay up, up for a while. But now that I'm eating whole food plant-based without a lot of added fat, my blood sugar curve after I eat a starchy meal is going up to like 113 and only being up there for a little bit of time. Then it comes right down under 100 again. I'm like, what? So anyway, it's just like blowing my mind. The one day my blood sugar did go up and stay up more, was the day that I had the muffin test for Zoe. And it was the high fat muffin. After the high fat muffin, my blood sugar went up to 126 and it stayed up. And I'm like, fat really is just doing something in my blood and clunking it up. They explained it in mastering diabetes, which is another whole food plant-based way of eating. So anyway, oh, Chad's like, don't tell anyone you're eating like this. <laughs> you know, seriously. Cause he's like, you're supposed to delay, <laughs> not deny. I'm like, no, I want people to find the foods that work best for their unique body. And, I was really grumpy when Zoe told me fat didn't work well for me, and I'm like, "You're so dumb, Zoe! I don't believe you." <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm trying it. And I'm like, "Okay, looks like it's true," and I feel so amazing. So, and isn't
1: it also exciting to know that you can keep on doing this lifelong learning? So, it's one of the things I love about IF is that you can try all different ways and different things. You don't have to get bored. You know, you can say, hey, you know, let me try having breakfast for dinner or breakfast food for dinner or something. There's so many ways to try. You can change your windows, change what you're eating. And I love when you say, yeah, when you say, oh, you can eat whatever you want, but you want is the operative term. What is it you really want? You
0: don't want that donut anymore. That's the key. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to be whole food plant-based forever, by the way. And it's not because I think it's, you know, quote, the best way everyone should eat, you know, or anything like that. I'm doing a 90-day experiment because I just got blood work done right before I started and I want to see what my blood work looks like after 90 days of eating whole food plant-based. I want to see what my cholesterol looks like, what my A1C looks like. I just had the blood work done in the past, but I will say my waist measurement is not lying. I really thought I was, you know, I thought I was destined to keep it up there, but it's, it's not. But I feel so good. It's just, and I'm not, you know, counting anything. I'm really just eating so much food and it's delicious. So is there anything we didn't get to yet that you you know you wanted to say and we haven't said it?
1: I think one of the other benefits, it's a very practical benefit, is when I used to leave the house, I used to have snacks, water, coffee. You know, I used to make sure that I had, you know, a banana or an apple and a protein bar It's just so great just to walk right out of the house. (laughs) So that's a really, a really great thing. I think we have covered
0: a lot. We have and some good stuff. And the best part is how you knew how to lose the weight. What you didn't know how to do was maintain without struggle.
1: Yes. It was just really getting harder and harder. And it wasn't because of my age. I do not buy that. Well, it's the more dieting.
0: The more you diet, the harder it gets because your body starts to slow down. And that
1: homeostasis, it wanted to go back. So, no, and I, getting that belief, you got to believe, you got to get that belief out from inside of you that makes you think and know that you are going to gain this weight back. You cannot like give that air. Oh,
0: I've always believed from the minute that I got to my goal weight in 2015, I believed I would not gain it back this time. Like I believed it. I believed it. And it's been true. And even as, as my weight fluctuated a little bit over the, the menopausal transition, it's still, you know, I did not gain it back. I had a little upward swing and now I'm a little downward swing, but you know, it's no big deal. I have tools in my
1: toolbox, and that's all there is to it. I joined, um, I bought the Lifetime to the community like 10 days after I started. (laughs) You already knew it. I love that.
0: Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: What would I tell someone? Habit is stronger than reason. So, your old habits, my old habits, they kept coming back by these voices in my head, you know, this diet mentality and diet brain and habits. And I found that it was very important to do the mindset work, to sit down in the morning and pre say, I hear you, Ann. I'm Ann. I'm talking to Ann. I hear you, honey. But that's not what we're doing today. And that, might've worked a while back. But it's not going to work now, but you'll be okay. Don't worry. Cause then the anxiety and that panicky feeling would come. So trying to manage that old habity thinking and manage it so that you can move clearly ahead is so important. And I cannot say enough, the clean fast. If you're not fasting clean, don't bother. I mean, take the clean, fast
0: challenge and try it, even if you think it makes no sense. Totally. And I just want to add on there what I said a few minutes ago is release the expectations on yourself and the pressure. Because we've all had, you know, I must lose 23 pounds by the wedding, or I must, I want to look good in the photos, right? No. I mean, yes, we want to look good in the photos, but we want to just be there in the photos. And don't put the pressure on yourself because that's not realistic. Let your body do what it does. It will heal. It might take longer and that's
1: okay. You got the tools. You can figure it out. We have the tools and weekends are not a binge opportunity and other people are other people. They're not you. I kind of nod and pat them on the head and say, have a good day, but I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. There's a lot of little things like that to help yourself fortify your IF life. Yeah.
0: And it's hard Like when the, when the headlines come from the New York Post that say, oh, intermittent fasting doesn't
1: work. Well, everybody knows the Post is just a sensationalist uh, <laughs> rag. It's a but rag.
0: But then you, you look in deeper and you're like, oh, well, they weren't even fasting. And then you, you have the confidence to not have to freak out about it. Because actually, if they did 100 studies and found out, quote, intermittent fasting didn't work, I still wouldn't care because it's the only thing that's worked for
1: me. I mean, the Washington Post had a fantastic article about Tim Spector about three Uh, months ago. So that was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, Anne, for sharing your story today. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you found the freedom with intermittent fasting.
1: So wonderful to have done this and spoken to you uh, one-on-one. It's been a joy. It continues to be a joy. Thank you, Jen.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel
0: experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours,
1: activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.